1: and 365-day returns.
2: Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I'm your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and this week we are going to talk politics. Now, don't worry, I am not going to tell you who you're supposed to be voting for. We are not going to debate Bernie versus Hillary, and God knows we're going to talk about Trump as little as possible, though I don't think we're going to be able to escape talking about him at all. What we are going to talk about today is the way that sex is used to dehumanize and control female politicians and first ladies, whether they're not consensually humiliated in porn or portrayed as sexless shrews or everything in between and here to talk with me about it is my pal a great writer and media critic soraya shamali but just a quick note before we dive in we had some connection issues and had to switch soraya to a phone connection in the middle of our conversation you can hear her just fine both ways but you'll notice a shift when it happens and i just wanted you to know that we noticed it too Now, without further ado, Soraya, thanks for coming and talking to me about this. Oh, thanks so much, Jacqueline. It's so fun to talk to you. It is. So this is the kind of stuff that you and I talk about all the time, even when I'm not recording. But before we get into it, I hope you'll indulge me in putting you through the traditional unscrewed lightning round, where we ask a series of EST superlative words inspired by the fact that we're hosted by the establishment. Yes. All right. So what has made you the happiest this week? Oh, the ocean has made me the happiest
3: this week. You are on vacay, right? I am. I'm like literally staring at this incredibly beautiful aquamarine ocean. (sighs) And there's just nothing that can turn my brain into a happy place quite as much as that.
2: It's actually making me calmer just thinking about it. Love it. What's the best sex advice you've ever received? I'd
3: have to say the best sex advice I've ever received is really just to say what you like. Like just talk about. It.
2: That is excellent sex advice. What is the sexuality related news that's making you the maddest or saddest recently?
3: I think the sexuality related news that makes me the maddest and saddest is the persistent conflation of sexualization with sexuality and of sexual assault with sexuality. Mm-hmm. Like they're such distinct things, but you know, we don't have a vocabulary we don't teach children that there are distinctions, and consent is so important to those distinctions, right? Yeah, that's what gets me.
2: Yeah. What's the biggest sex myth that you once believed?
3: I'd have to say, I think I grew up like lots of people, really thinking that sex and a fixation with sex led to rape, right? I think that's a huge myth.
2: Absolutely. And then lastly, Who is one of the bravest people that you can think of who's working to
3: unscrew the sexual culture? The people at the forefront of the Title IX movement, I think a lot of them are super brave. They were really young when they started, and they did it by themselves. And I really admire them for doing that because I talk to a lot of school administrators who they don't want to talk about these things, especially in high school, which is really where we have to go. You know, they really feel like the Title IX movement in college is a problem. They don't see it as... A positive step, which is really kind of scary. Um, And I think they're really brave. People think, oh, they want to rip down institutions. And in point of fact, (laughs) in some ways, it's just the opposite because they feel ownership of their institutions. I mean, you have to feel a certain level of entitlement to say, this is my space.
2: The day that this is going to air, I'm going to be at a conference at Harvard Law with Camilla Washington, who just published a beautiful open letter to like 19 law professors who basically said, she has no bodily autonomy on campus. Yeah, that's right. And the idea that you can hear that from some people that used to be your mentors, and you can still have the strength to say, nope, this is my space. You're wrong. That's right. I just think is it's so astonishing. So yes, I agree. They are some of the bravest people unscrewing the sexual culture.
3: Yeah, I, I really think so. All right. So
2: speaking of unscrewing the sexual culture, we are in the middle of the most terrifying presidential election I've ever lived through. And not surprisingly, women and gender and sexuality have already become an issue, most recently with Ted Cruz sort of trying to slut shame Melania Trump. For folks who haven't been paying attention, recently Ted Cruz and some of the conservatives trying to take down Trump have tweeted out pictures of Melania Trump posing nude because she was a model and basically said, like, is this who you want for a first lady? And I will also hasten to say that I've seen people on the left engage in this sort of thing about Melania Trump as well, although maybe not with as much institutional backing. So maybe we start there. Does that surprise you? 1%, 0% that they've made this
3: move? (laughs) Yeah, it surprises me 0%. It's really an honor culture, right? I mean, if you think about it, the way it's playing out between Cruz and Trump. Right,
2: they're trying to attack each other by attacking their wives, right? It's not actually about the wives as human beings.
3: That's right. It's so retrograde, you have to laugh, right? Because it's almost like they're dueling. I mean, when I saw it, I went and I looked up the Monty Python dueling scene, (laughs) and I embedded it in an article that I was writing, because I'm like, you know, this is just so much dick slapping.
2: Which is hilarious in a presidential campaign that has involved actual dick measuring. Actually, that's what it is. Uh, Well, and also, I mean, I think that the Melania Trump thing is a really bizarro world of the way that clinton's being treated right so the idea about melania trump is her fitness to be first lady and we know that traditionally first ladies are supposed to be respectable right <laughs> sexually re- in, in all ways sort of in every way prim and and above moral reproach they're supposed to be ladies and covered yeah and 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 covered. I mean, think about all the controversy when Michelle Obama wore sleeveless shirts. Yeah, that was a huge deal, though. It's ridiculous, right? I mean, they literally are supposed to be covered. But that echoes really strongly the question that I think it was Martha Raditz put to Hillary Clinton in one of the debates about literally who is going to pick out the fucking flower arrangements if she is elected. The great instability of thinking about. Swapping those roles so that you have a man in the first lady role—you know—we've already seen it in the in the primary. It's very
3: disturbing to people. It's such a challenge to people's gender role ideas that I think they're flummoxed. I think they genuinely don't know. I mean, the question that Hillary Clinton got during the debate—what a waste of time, right? Like seriously,
2: right? Ask about fucking abortion politics, please. it's appalling. So you actually have been working on this piece and we'll tweet it out with the unscrewed hashtag for people who are looking for it about the way that female politicians are basically non-consensually portrayed in porn. Is that right?
3: Yes. What really struck me was that A few weeks ago, Ted Cruz, there was a video being circulated of Ted Cruz trying to hug his teenage daughter. And like lots of teenage daughters, she kind of rebuffed him, right, pushed him away. And people used this video to sort of say how embarrassing not even his daughter wants to give him a hug, right? And I thought, if that's as embarrassing as it gets for him, it's quite remarkable. Because women politicians like Hillary Clinton and Sarah Palin, not only are they themselves turned into non consensual pornography, but their daughters are as well. And that really resonated with me because as a person, and you've experienced this too, I know, you know, when you're online and you're being harassed online, uh, or you're getting rape threats, I've spoken to so many other women writers, very often the threats will come along with, and I won't just rape you, I'll rape your mother and your daughters, right? It'll be all of you are the same. It's just that kind of Um, extreme objectification for the purposes of violence. And also just the fact that the abuser is like, this is women's purpose and subservient role, right, to be sexually denigrated in those ways. And I thought, okay, well, here's Cruz, his daughter, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. That's not what I'm saying. But for a woman politician, not only is she being portrayed not consensually in very explicit, often extremely violent pornography, but her daughters are likely to also be included in that.
2: Are you saying that there's Sasha and Malia porn? I
3: have to be honest, I didn't want to look at that. Oh my God, I honestly had never considered that. Well, I don't want to look at that and I didn't search for that, but I searched for Clinton and Palin and that's definitely the case with Bristol Palin and Chelsea Clinton. What I did is I actually started off by searching all the presidential candidates, their names with the word pornography or porn, just porn. And what happens is that for Trump and Cruz and Rubio and Sanders, you get a few pages that talk about their opinions about porn or like with Sanders, it was about the 40 year old article he wrote in which he was saying that all women fantasize about being gang raped. And with uh, Cruz, it was about his uh, campaign that accidentally used an actress who had been in porn films. She was a porn star. As though that has any meaning whatsoever. Any meaning whatsoever, right? But when you Google Clinton or Palin or Nancy Pelosi or even Condoleezza Rice, I think, I just sort of went through a list of women that were powerful leaders in the country and what you get instead is actual porn sites and image site like pornography image sites and tubes that are just images and, and there are thousands of them and so that's an order of magnitude different
2: and those images are primarily like with their face photoshopped onto somebody's body or there is an
3: actress look-alike Right. So if you look at images, it's their faces plastered all over women's bodies, and they're in every configuration of pornography that you can imagine. And some of it is centerfold circa 1972, but some of it is really far beyond that, you know, involves every kind of sexual image you can imagine. In Instagram, there was a cartoon drawing of a woman on her hands and knees with a, a man holding her... Well, she wasn't on her knees. He was holding her legs up and penetrating her from behind. And it was a cartoon drawing, but it had Hillary Clinton's face on the woman and Bernie Sanders' face. And, and I was like, OK, there's, so there's that. And then on, on the virtually the same day, there was a video circulating in Facebook that similarly had people dancing, but they had photoshopped uh, her face on this woman and uh, also photoshopped Bill Clinton's face on the man, but she was almost naked, she was dancing on a pole. I mean, it was clearly that she was being sexualized for the purposes of mocking her. But also, as we know, the objectification purpose in that context is not titillation. It's to suggest that this person is immoral, not morally competent, not credible. Literally subservient to men. Literally subservient to men. And, And what you see, of course, is That in an image like the one with Bernie Sanders, she's on her hands and knees. And the other one, virtually the same day, was that The Onion published a piece that, and I can understand the satire. It doesn't mean, though, that it's not sexist, because the piece was about Hillary Clinton saying, but I'm human. And it was a photoshopped image of her fully frontally nude. Oh, my God. I missed that. And I looked through The Onion and I sort of searched for other candidates and it may exist, but I couldn't find any images that were similar for male politicians, right? It's just easier because of the culture we live in who ignore women's dignity or their integrity, physical integrity. And we just see naked women everywhere. And you know me, I'm all for (laughs) nudity. That's not the issue.
2: Everyone who comes on this podcast is pro-naked ladies. That's a principle here at Unscrewed. That's a good rule for
3: for having guests on the
2: show. What's interesting is that there's like this double whammy to it, right? Like there's this idea inherently that getting fucked is degrading for a woman that engaging in sex and especially sort of being on the receiving end of penetration is degrading right it's super clear that that's what these images and videos are supposed to say is that we are degrading this woman which i object to right like yes we should we should be able to look at these images and see two people engaged in pleasure, right, whatever the position. But that's not what the story that these images are telling.
3: So I would argue that these aren't really sexual images at all, right? They're actually a form of explicit political speech. They aren't meant to engage people sexually or titillate them. They aren't consensual. They are conveying messages about these power relationships between men and women that are being illustrated by the kinds of sex that are being depicted and the messages sent by that sex. But all roads lead back to nipples, as you know, with me. But (laughs) same way that conflating all female nudity with obscenity the way mainstream media tend to, so whether it's the FCC or Facebook, that idea that all female nipples have to be covered because they're pornographic or titillating, I would say we're risking doing the same thing here because when people create these images and they are non-consensual, and they are abusive, and they have political impact. We know that. So, for example, in 2009, after the very hardcore, quote-unquote, parody, who's Nailin Palin, which featured actresses that looked like Sarah Palin and Hillary Clinton and Condoleezza Rice, and after that, some researchers studied what the effects on voter actions of sexually objectifying Sarah Palin were, what actually happened to their opinions about her. What they found was that people who had been prior supporters of the McCain, Palin, Ticket were no longer supporting them in, in the same numbers. And so there was a measurable, statistically valid decrease in their willingness to think of her as competent.
2: Do you think that is a right-wing phenomenon because of the right's attitudes towards sex, they're more likely to think less of her? Or do you think that you'd see the same effect on the left?
3: So I looked at Pornhub's political survey, which was released last month, and you can't obviously draw causation from this, but I found it very interesting because 60% of Pornhub users are millennials. I think it's 73 or 78% of them are men, and they are overwhelmingly Sanders and Trump supporters. Oh, my God. Over the past 30 years, the gender gap in porn approval is growing, it's not shrinking. And that continues to be true today, like in 2016. So even though more women are using porn and looking for porn that meets their needs, they are still very torn because so much of the pornography unsettles them is the way they describe it.
2: Well, especially the stuff that you can find sort of at your fingertips for free on the internet.
3: That's right, you have to go out of your way to seek out, you know, ethical egalitarian porn.
2: Wait, so that is so interesting to me that, like, the vast majority of Pornhub users are millennials who support the sort of angry guy candidates.
3: (laughs) Well, you know, this is the thing, though. I wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago basically saying, okay, everyone seems to be really fixated on what women think about young women, especially think about Hillary Clinton. I don't care anymore. I really don't. I am really much more interested in why we're not talking about what young men think about a woman leader, because the numbers about young men and women in leadership are really deeply disturbing. So 40% of high school students in a survey of 20,000 high school students, 40% of the boys basically showed a clear preference for only supporting male leaders.
2: Wait, when was this study
3: done? I think either August or September of last year, and they surveyed 19,000 500 high school students, and they were looking at attitudes about leadership. So 40% of young men showed preferences for male leaders compared to 23% of young women. And then there was a study that was released maybe two months ago of college students that showed that young men in college overwhelmingly underestimate the skills, abilities, and knowledge of their female peers and overestimate those of their male peers. And there are many studies like this. Those those are the two that I just happen to have at my fingertips right now. And we know that pornography is pervasive in the culture. They can't even find a control group of young men to do porn studies with because they can't find any that haven't been exposed to Internet porn. And the interesting thing, too, is in media, you'll see that there are sexual parodies of Trump or there have been some really good ones, actually, of Paul Ryan. But, But media will treat this as equal. They'll say, hey, so what? You know, Hillary Clinton, if she's going to run with the big boys, she's going to, you know, have to be okay with this because it happened to Trump. But the fact is we're comparing apples and oranges, first in volume and second in effect, because the other thing the studies show very consistently is that, yes, everyone is dehumanized when they're sexually objectified that way, which reduces people's level of sympathy for them or their pain or any number of other things. But women are markedly considered less credible and less moral when they are the subject of the objectification in ways that men are not. Because
2: we have an idea in the culture that men can be three-dimensional humans and be sexual. That's exactly right. The images are being received in a fucking sexist culture, which isn't to say it's okay, right? Like, I had a friend send me a drawing of Trump naked featuring a small penis. And he was like, I thought you'd appreciate this. And I was like, actually, I don't. I feel like all this joking about small penises really is just hurting guys who aren't Trump with small penises. I don't actually support body shaming of any kind, but the impact is so disproportionate because we don't live in a culture that has egalitarian ideas about sex and
3: sexuality, period. That's right just the fact that that women are considered so inherently debased by sexuality, just right off the bat, that there's no getting away from that. And it's like the
2: go-to move if you have a female politician or a first lady. You know, on a totally different note, I remember when Obama was running in 08, and Michelle Obama was painted as this terrifying, angry black lady because she had fucking opinions and leadership skills. They did an enormous makeover on her, which was actually reminiscent of what Hillary Clinton went through, except with an extra racial layer to it. Look, I love Michelle Obama's style. I love looking at what she's wearing. I think she's amazing. But I think she always had great style. I don't think that's fake. But I think the emphasis on it... It was a way to blunt how threatening it was to have America's sort of first mom, which is kind of what the first lady role is, be a powerful black woman who clearly does have a sexuality. One of the things I love about watching the Obamas is like they are clearly into each other and that's partly a feature of their youth and it's partly a feature of their marriage in particular. But like it's not hard to imagine that they like having sex with each other. You just reminded me of something, which is that
3: of all of the candidates that I looked at, Obama was the only one that was pornified the way women were. And that's totally understandable because, A, as a black man in a culture that hypersexualizes black men to justify violence against them, check that box off, right? But also, just because pornographic subjectivity is so feminized, it's a way of pink shaming him. It's the the same kind of conservative trope of saying, oh, well, he's too weak. He's um, not man enough.
2: He's a pussy, as Donald Trump
3: would say. He's a pussy. That's exactly right. And so that really stood out.
2: You know what all the sort of pornification of Hillary Clinton makes me think about is the ruckus when she was a senator when she wore something on the floor of the Senate that you could see like the very, very, very top, if you squinted, of her cleavage and people fell out. So we only sanction portraying female politicians sexually when it's non-consensual. The idea that in any way she might consensually do something that revealed her body, which again has echoes of Michelle Obama, although again, Michelle Obama's A first lady and black and there are different dynamics there too but there's also a whiff of the whole scandal about michelle obama's arms which was like god forbid she should be having some kind of personal expression around her body
3: well and also that it's maybe not sexualizing every part of a woman's body like we don't uh, i don't think most of the time get up thinking how am i going to sexualize myself today i'd like to wear some comfortable clothes first and foremost right
2: right But it's also like, you know, maybe I want to look cute. Maybe I think this looks flattering on me. Maybe I like the way I look in this. There's no room for that personal self-expression, especially if it has even a tinge of sexuality to it, even a whiff of sexuality to it. And yet you found this rampant sexualization via non-consensual pornography. I just think it, it tells such a clear story. And by the way, that's exactly what the objection is to Melania Trump's naked pictures, is that she voluntarily posed for them. I guarantee you that there will be non consensual porn about Melania Trump that those same guys who are saying that she's unfit to be first lady will enjoy. It's that she voluntarily showed her body that they're shaming her for. It really is the fetishization
3: of non consent. Right. And I think that that idea of manipulating women and their images in that way is so central to the toxic masculinity that we talk about all the time, right? Just this idea that inherent in masculinity is not only dominance of women, but also this control even of their images and their their representation. And I mean, this is something you and I have talked about, too. I'm really not convinced that in a patriarchal society like this, in a really toxic to women media environment like this, that women can ever really claim their own nakedness and nudity in non-sexualized ways, even though I think it's important that we keep trying to. It's so easy to get turned around.
2: We can have control over the images we decide to put in the world, although we don't have control of the the images other people decide to put in the world of us. But we we, we may decide this is the image I want to put into the world, but we don't control the context in which it's received. And that matters. We have to not pretend that that doesn't matter.
3: Honestly, there's already – Melania Trump has already been pornified way beyond the point of her consent. You know, it's a real commentary on how people think they can hurt these male candidates. It's really hurting their honor, right? It's like, not only is it their honor, but it's the fact that they can't control their women. Like, get your woman under control. Whether she consensually agreed to this or is non-consensually being harassed and abused, in either case, you're not in control, dude. That's a degradation of your manliness. Can we take a
2: left turn and talk about Jackie O for a minute? Sure. I see a direct line between Jackie Kennedy, I guess I should say not Jackie O, right? She wasn't Jackie O then. And Michelle Obama, right? I think that what happened after Jackie Kennedy was a long line of older, fully desexualized first ladies. Yes, Right. That's true. That seemed that's right. like your grandmother. And that Michelle Obama... Which is funny because Hillary Clinton was actually quite young when she was a first lady, but they, she was so threatening, I think because the you know in 92 bill and hillary ran as like a two for one and that backfired and they had to make her make cookies and all that shit they so thoroughly declawed her sexually that while she didn't appear to be somebody's grandmother it was just sort of not a conversation and i think because hillary clinton is not a style queen right like not everybody is likes clothes right like which is fine so i see michelle obama As stepping into the Jackie Kennedy role in a way that we haven't seen since Jackie Kennedy. That there's a certain glamour and sexuality. Because even when Jackie Kennedy was, like, good girl prim...
3: Yeah. But you know, it's interesting what you say about Hillary Clinton, because I would argue that she wasn't desexualized. She was sexualized, but so negatively. She was sexualized in that she was portrayed as frigid, unable to keep her man. I mean, even today, I'll tweet things about Hillary Clinton, and people will come out of the woodwork not to discuss anything about something contemporary or even what I tweeted about or what she may have said in a debate, but they're go-to place is she couldn't even keep her man happy, which is a form of sexualization, right? It's it's like, she's such a dried up old hag, pick your thing. You know, not sexy, hasn't prioritized her husband. Possibly a secret lesbian. Possibly a secret lesbian. That's a kind of sexualization that's not, you know, it's a negative. We can't even sexualize her in that other way. We're gonna sexualize her in this way.
2: Right, because sexualization is just reducing someone to their perceived sexual value. And so saying this person is worthless because they are worthless in terms of sexually appealing to me is absolutely sexualization. Right, but it's common. You see it
3: every day. If you look at the Hillary Clinton hashtag, they're just commenting nonstop about it. So let me ask you before we wrap up, when we see this stuff...
2: Is there anything productive to do about it? I know that I've, I've seen research, I think it was Women's Media Center actually who did the research, that when you call out sexism against female candidates, it's actually helpful in terms of reversing the effect impacts of that sexism. Is the same true about sexualization? What's the best response when you see this stuff?
3: Personally, one of the things that I find most useful in challenging people to think about it is talking about making that distinction between sex and politics in the speech. If you can say, listen, sex and sexuality are one thing, but using sexual objectification to make a political commentary is something else. And we should be talking about them differently, and we should be identifying them as different. So, you know, The Onion, which is an established institution that's, you know, well-respected, I think they should be called out for producing satire that has such a sexist effect. People will often say, hey, it's just a joke or it's a parody or it's satire. But like rape jokes, what they did to Hillary Clinton was actually target the person who is the victim of the harm as opposed to the perpetrator. And I think those distinctions need to be made.
2: Right. You, you shouldn't be punching down. You should be punching. Satire should be punching up.
3: Right. And, and that's not what The Onion did people need to step up and make those distinctions and say hey you know what don't give it a pass because we know it has these effects.
2: I mean I think it's also super easy to call out in most instances like If you're trying to undermine a female politician by impugning her sexuality in one direction or another, I feel like that's actually a weak sauce argument, right? Like, that's your worst argument, is that you don't want to bone her or you do want to bone her? That's a really dumb way to engage in politics, and I feel like sometimes mockery of the person making that argument is the best way to go.
3: Right, and honestly, these images aren't even about that because they're like a cartoon image, right? That's simply a statement of male... Dominance. Like you look at that image.
2: I'm not just saying the porn images, but like the people who say Hillary couldn't keep her man, or Melania can't be first lady because she posed naked, or you know, like the general discourse around it tends to be, this person isn't qualified for being in the political eye because of the way they make my boner feel. I just feel like the best approach to that, that argument is to mock it openly. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's like mocking. I'm with you. I'll mock it openly anytime you want. That's a date. That's an ongoing date, Soraya. Thank you for coming on my show. Oh, my pleasure. It was so fun to talk to you. Where can people follow your work
3: ongoing? So you can follow me on Twitter at So S-C-H-E-M-A-L-Y. I usually share anything that I'm writing or thinking about there. And also at the Speech Project, the Women's Media Center Speech Project, where we're trying very hard to raise public awareness about how women's free expression is being affected, particularly online. So we're trying to figure out ways to curb abuse and expand women's free expression. And I would say that sexual objectification is definitely up there on the silencing tools that are being used effectively.
2: Amen. And the Speech Project is so great. Folks should check it out. Where where do they find it
3: again? It's at WMC speechproject.com. Awesome. Do you have
2: a Twitter for the Speech Project or just follow WMC? Yes, it's the same. It's WMC Speech Proj, P-R-O-J. Speech Proj. Excellent. And you can find me at Jacqueline That's J-A-C-L-Y-N-F-R-I-E-D. M-A-N.com. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook at Jacqueline F, as in Friedman. You can please continue the conversation using the unscrewed hashtag on Twitter. Saraya and I would both love to chat with you more about what examples you've seen about p- women in the public eye being sexualized or desexualized, which are two sides of the same coin, uh, and the impacts you've seen. Just use the unscrewed hashtag and we will totally join the conversation or you can just email me unscrewed at jacquelinefriedman.com with your thoughts and I might read them on a future show or you could even record something on your phone an audio file and email it to me and I could use your own voice on a future show. Love hearing from listeners. If you like this show and want to help other people find it the two best ways to do that are A. Tweet it Facebook it put it out on your social medias and B. Please go to iTunes and give us a rating and review. That is one of the main ways that our podcast gets shown to more people as if it has more ratings and reviews this show is produced by theestablishment.co in collaboration with katie tandy the creative director at the establishment and yours truly who also edits the show the cover art is by nicole de donna and our in and out music is by the pink tiles until next week we are wishing you safe and happy sex lives